0: Hi, and welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray as you listen, God would meet you and speak to you in a personal way. Here's this week's message from Pastor Claude. So, we're starting this new series on relationships, and uh, I think it involves, I believe it involves all of us, and some of you are married, some of you are single. Um, doesn't matter where you are in the stage of life, we all have relationships. And what we want to see is we want to grow in relationship. We, I believe that God gives us green light. It was God's idea for us not to be alone. Amen? God made Adam and Eve and, and created the first family because God had a plan for this family, this this family of the earth, and, and uh, I believe that uh, God has um, great things in store. So what we want to do, we want to unpack different things when it comes to having a healthy family. How can we see our relationship go forward? Can you tell your neighbor that relationships are called to go forward? Relationships are called to go forward. So we're going to be talking about how that looks, what is needed to see relationship Go forward. And um, how many of you, uh, you, you are in love with your treadmill or your elliptic climber or whatever you call them, <laughs> your stationary bike. How many of you, you, you like to go on your elliptical because it releases tension it brings a certain peace, and says, how many of you, honestly, is there some of you, yeah. Hopefully there's a few, right. How many of you, that would be your dream, <laughs> right, to be in love with your treadmill where you would use it every day. Uh, I think we, would, we, we, we could all, all say that. We could do a little bit more exercise, right? I, I think so. And uh, when it comes to life, there's things that happens to us that we don't deserve. There's things that are beyond our control, right? And there's some stuff that is self-inflicted. I believe all of us, we've encountered things that happen to us that we did not deserve, right? And I believe also when it comes to self-inflicted Pain, we've all been there and we've been all, it all happened to us at one point, right? Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things is when it comes to relationship, I believe that God has a green light for us and God wants to bless our relationships. But at the same time, there's my role and, and, and my call. And one of the key words I'd like to talk about, what I'd like to um, uh, focus on this morning, is, is the need for godliness. Can you tell your neighbor that godliness is important in relationships? Godliness is pivotal when it comes to relationships. If you want to have godly relationships, if you want to have healthy relationships, if you want to see your relationship flourish, one, one of the ingredients that is necessary is godliness. If you're not married, and if one day you will be, or whatever you, wherever you are, you do have a relationship, like I said, and if you want to see healthy relationship, you got to take a hold of godliness. I believe it's one of the key, that, if, if it's applied and practiced, uh, it will help us to create and to have an environment that is, um, that is fruitful when it comes to relationship. Take a look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4 gives us a snapshot of the need for Godliness. It says, do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, what are we called to do? Train yourself to be godly. You see here, train yourself to be godly. It's something that you do, you train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, and I think it is. In biblical time, they would walk everywhere, we drive everywhere. So I think it's important to take care of your body. So Paul says that physical training is good. But it says, but training for godliness is much better. Wow. Promising benefits in this life and also in the life to come. So that when you embrace godliness, there's going to be fruits, there's going to be blessing here, but it will also outlast you, outlive you. When you choose godliness and you walk on the path of godliness, it will outlive you. And that's what you want, right? You want to leave a heritage. You want to see a blessing. You want to live with purpose. You want to make a difference. All of us, we don't want just to do life. We want to leave something behind, right? So the thing is, when you choose, when you embrace godliness, what happens is that it outlasts you and it makes a difference in your day but also also in the future. So when it comes to relationship, I need to see my need of, uh, of having godliness. I, I look at Jesus when he preaches message in, in Matthew chapter 5, Matt, Matthew 6 and 7, the Sermon on the Mountain. And uh, it's probably, well, it is the best sermon ever. And what you see in this, in these chapters, it talks about following God with our heart to go beyond just going through the motion. It talks, he, he talks about a heart thing. And he wraps up his sermon by giving this example of the one that builds his house on the rock and the one that builds his house on the sand, right? And he says that if you build your house on the rock, the storm will come and, and the wind will come, but it will... But the one that builds upon the sand, the storm will come, the rain will come, and it will, it will be washed away. And he says the difference between building on the rock or on, on the sand is to put in practice his word. Can you tell your neighbor that we're called to put in practice his word? Uh, we, 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 we understand knowing his word, but putting into practice his word is building Upon the rock. That's what Jesus says. So if I want to have a sure foundation, and how many of you, you want to have a sure foundation? Uh, We want to have healthy relationships, right? We want to grow. We want to to have fun. We want to see life enjoyable, and we want to see fruitfulness. But one of the things that is necessary for us to see that is that we need to build our house on the rock. And building your house on the rock is to choose godliness, And there's a battle going on over your life right now to to choose godliness or not to. And there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of uh, attraction or lots of people want to have your attention. Like uh, in a few hours from now, some of you, you'll be watching the Super Bowl. And one of the things that's fun about the Super Bowl is the commercials commercials, there's companies spending millions of dollars just to have this little portion of time just to have your attention and to whet your appetite on something. It really does, right? So the thing is, there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of enticement when it comes to life. So the thing is, what you want to do is you want to put in practice. When it comes to my identity in Christ, when you accept Christ into your life, when you're a believer, um, you are a new creation, amen? It, it, It talks that it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives in me, right? And this is where you have new birth. And I think this is so important for us to know that when you accept Christ, you have a new nature. You have a nature of Christ. You're fused with Christ. Christ is seated in the heavenlies. So do you. And as you do, the journey on earth, Christ is with you because you're entwined with Christ. It's so amazing. But even though you're entwined with Christ, even though you're one with Christ, listen to this, we still tr- struggle with the desires of the flesh. How many of you would say, yeah, I struggle with the desires of the flesh? We, we all do, right? We all have this battle. And if you look at this text in Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, look what it says. It says, Paul says... Put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you that wants to penetrate or wants to come into your life, that wants to filter in your life. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshipping the things of this world. What a definition of, of greedy, right? Of greed, right? Wow. Because of these sin, the anger of God is coming, meaning that there's going to be judgment one day. You used to do these things when you lived, when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old nature, sinful nature, and all these wicked deeds. So, So here Paul says that we're called to... Die to the sinful desires. So that's, that's a challenge that I face every day. That's a challenge that you face every day. I've been crucified with Christ. I'm one with Christ. But I still need to put my desires aside. I need to choose godliness. All right? So I have these two paths before me. I can follow the ways of the world, godliness versus the worldviews, godliness versus the flesh, and every day I I face this this challenge or these choices, and my exhortation to you this morning, that if you choose godliness, married or not, if you're not married and you... You choose to walk in godliness. It will pave the way for God's blessing. And if you're married, if you're in relationship, i got to tell you that if you pursue godliness in your personal life, instead of looking at what your partner needs to change, you pursue godliness. And godliness means that you want to be like God, that you want to walk according to His way. So when you put your feet in the direction where you set your sail in the direction of godliness, what's going to happen is you'll discover God, and you will also discover freedom. And I believe that God wants you to walk and live in freedom. But I need to realize my calling and your calling is to walk in godliness. If I don't walk in godliness, if godliness is not part of my life, it will, it will influence the outcome of my life. And I think that's a, a huge component when it comes to life. Look what, what John says in his letter, 1 John chapter 2, verse 16. It says, For everything in the world, the craving of the sinful man... The lust of the eyes and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, from the world. So I, I've got to realize that the craving of the sinful man, the lust of the eyes, doesn't come from God. The world and its desires passes away, but the man who, de- who does the will of God lives forever. So here we see the blessings of God. So, so we live in a culture today is that if it makes you feel good, do it. You deserve it, Right? Even when it comes to businesses, this is kind of their You deserve it. You you deserve to be happy. You deserve this in your life. You deserve to have that in your life. And the thing is, it focuses on the now. It doesn't focus on the outcome of things. It doesn't focus on if you live like this for a while, what will happen to you. It has no consideration on your future. It just wants to meet your physical need, your emotional needs, the desires and the hungers of, of your life. So... It's a huge component when it comes to doing life. You don't want to live life by this culture. And um, that's what Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 says. For as for you, you are dead in your transgression and sins, meaning that talks about before you were a believer. It says, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit that is now at work in those that are disobedient. And when it talks about the ruler of the kingdom of the air, uh, other version will say the prince of the air. We live in a wireless world. We can buy things instantly. We can listen to the music that we want. Like I said, we can buy whatever we want. We can listen to whatever we want. We can watch whatever we want. And and here, that was written 2,000 years ago, and it talks about the air or the wireless world, basically, it's kind of funny because I, I remember reading this in the past, and it really talks about uh, it, it talks about the Prince of the Air. And, and when we look at what's in the air right now, there's information is good. At the same time, if I don't filter, if I don't discern, if I, if I don't have my set my feet set regarding godliness, I'll fall in traps. Are you aware that there's a spiritual battle going over your head? Are you aware that there's a, a battle that, that is raging over you, that, that God is pulling you, and at the same time the enemy is pulling you, and there's this tension, and that the enemy sleeps at your door. So what you want to do, you don't want to be caught by the influence of this world, by the prince of the air. You want to choose godliness. You want to walk in godliness. So, what do I need to know about godliness? The first thing is godliness protects me against the enemy. Godliness protects me against the enemy. That's why in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about wearing the armor. And when you think about wearing the armor, it's a cool Sunday cool class, right? I remember when my, when my kids were younger, they had this armor, this plastic armor. They would run in the house with this armor of the Lord, right? Uh, the shield of faith, the sword of the, the, of the spirit, and, and uh, the, the, the breastplate of righteousness, the truth as belt. And it was kind of cool to see them run into the house and have fun and, and uh, just wearing that. It's a beautiful picture. It's, I think it's a good principle to teach with your, to your kids. But it's a way of life. When you embrace godly character, when the enemy comes your way, you're blocking him to filter in. You see? When you walk in the truth, when you walk in, 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 um, in righteousness, when you walk in faith, when you walk with God's word, what happens is the enemy comes your way, and there's no way to penetrate because you're walking in godliness. So when you choose godliness, you're shielding yourself from the things of the enemy, So when godliness is not part of your life, when it's not pursued, what happens is that you create cracks in your life, and when you embrace sin, the enemy has legal rights to come in because of you saying yes to the sin. And and the danger is, sometimes we get caught and we say, oh man, it's not a big deal. It's just a little sin, you know? It's not a big deal. Uh, uh, What happens is we date with sin. We don't think that little things matter. But the little things do matter. When we compromise in our heart. You know, when the enemy comes in your life, he doesn't come like this, like, if you were sleeping now, you're awake. (laughs) He's sneaky. I I like the picture of a spider building its web. And you're a little fly. And you're just buzzing around. And you see the spider just putting one one string and the spider does the web and you're just buzzing around. You can't catch me, you can't catch me. And then there starts to be a wind and things starts to be rough. And then what happens is you get pushed into that web. It doesn't happen overnight, it's a process. The little things in my life matters. Because if I don't watch my heart, if I don't watch what I see, if I don't control what comes in my mind, in my heart, if I don't control what comes out of my mouth, if I don't evaluate how I'm living my life, little by little, the enemy is drawing me uh, away from God and wants to bring me into captivity. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's it's the challenge that we all face. So there's a spiritual battle going on, and and I need to be aware of it, right? That's what Solomon says in chapter 2, Verse 15 of his song, it says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruins the vineyards or vineyards that are in bloom. He was talking about his relationship. And little foxes, they can't do a lot of damage. Yes, they can. Give them room, and they'll take more and more and more room. Let's say, for example, you say, Ah, oh, I'm just watching light porn. Well, it's not a big deal. Well, it's going to lead you for more. There's this appetite that we have for more more of of things, more of experience, more. And, And if you let, listen to this, this is huge what I'm telling you, if you let your desires take control of your life, you won't be where you would want to be. And this is why when it comes to godly relationships, it's important to realize that the way that you will have godly relationship is when you pursue godliness. When you say, God, I want to be like you. I want to walk according to your word. May you shine over me, God. May you show me what you want to do in my life. So the small things, the little things, matters. So what do I need to know about godliness? Is that it protects me against the traps of the enemy. Secondly, godliness doesn't come with age. If you're a little little younger and you say, you know, uh, when I'm going to be a certain age, I'll be fine. I won't struggle with the different things. No, it never stops. It's not because you have no hair or gray hair that uh, you, you are uh, godly. No, you're, it, it has nothing to do with age. You might be a young person and you might be godly. You can be an elderly person and not be godly. It, it's really a decision that you make every day to be godly. It's a decision you say, God, I want to see your ways in my life. God, I'm aware that there's a battle going on and I'm aware that if I open up to these things, there's going to be consequences. It's going to play in my life. It will affect my life. It it, it will steal away from what you have in store for me. So, So godliness doesn't come with age. Godliness is not automatic at conversion. If you give... Your life for the Lord, you accepted Christ into your life. It's fantastic. You've just opened the door. Now you gotta walk according to his ways. If you're if you're if you don't, you'll be drawn to live like you used to in the past. Because the sin, sin sleeps at your door. And if you let it in, if you let sin in, it will want to master you. Like I said. Like, when, when sin comes into your life, it wants the whole thing. It's hunting you down. It wants your whole life. Sin will not want just to have a portion of your life. It wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and that's the plan of the enemy, right? So, so you need to realize that godliness is not automat- automatic. It's a path we choose. And also, it's not accidental. Sometimes we look at people that have a great marriage, and you say, oh, man, she, she's lucky she married the right guy. And I married the wrong guy. Oh, poor me, right? And the thing is, when it comes to compatibility, we're all incompatible. So when people say, you oh, know, we want to separate because we're not compatible, well, welcome to the world of marriage, right? For those that are not married, there's a good chance that you won't marry someone that is compatible with you. It seems funny that we attract the opposite, right? And when we, want, when we get married, at first, before we get married, we're excited about the differences. And when we're married, then we want to change them or her or him to how we are, right? <laughs> so, so the thing is, when it comes to healthy marriage, it's not, or healthy relationship, it's not accidental. It, it, it's, it's really intentional. It's like when you go to the airport, not every, gate, n- not every gate leads to the same destination. Like we were in Minneapolis last Sunday, and uh, there's a ton of gates, right? Every gate has a plane, and every plane has a destination. So when I take the gate of godliness, you know what? I'm hopping on God's plane. It has an awesome destination. If I jump on the plane of self-desires and following the things of this world, well, you will get to that direction. And it's kind of funny sometimes. We expect to have a godly result without having Without walking in God's ways, so if I if I choose after the service to uh, to go to to uh, to to Grand Forks, I, I'm not going to get to Winnipeg. Right, the direction I take will be the will be my destination. So this is why when you choose godliness in your life, listen, what I'm saying to you is so life-giving because if you take a hold of this truth, it's going to rock your life, it's going to rock your relationship. When you choose to embrace godliness and you see the need of godliness in your life and you pursue it, it will influence your life in such a positive way. Such a positive way. Look what it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 8 in regard of what I just said. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. If we do not give up, so Paul is talking here that if you feed the flesh, the desires of the flesh, what the world tries to sell to you, if you buy into that, you will reap that. But if you embrace godliness and you choose godliness and you pursue to be more like God and you say, God, I want to walk in your ways, you'll see a harvest of that. But it needs perseverance. Still with me? So, so when it comes to godliness, godliness is more than knowledge. And that's what James sa- John says in chapter 13, verse 17. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you... Do them. It's not, it doesn't say because you know it, you'll be blessed if you do them. When you do business right, when you speak the truth, when you engage yourself in creating godly habit, it takes about two months to create godly habits. When you choose to say, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a guard to what comes out of my mouth starting today. I'm going to be conscious of what comes out of my mouth And after two months, you won't speak the same. That's what studies say. And that's without the help of the Holy Spirit. That's just by by, by your own strength. Imagine if you connect with God and you get fuel with God and you spend time with God, what may happen, right? But the thing is, I need to create godly habits because godly habits create godly character because we become. There's no one here that is born a man of God. There's no one here that is born a woman of God. We become. We become men and women of God, based on the decisions we make, based on our desire to be godly or not. So godliness is based on transformation. It really is. How can I be godly is when I get transformed. Have you ever experienced this in your relationship Is you go through a crisis or uh, challenges or, or you go through arguments, let's say you're married, and then the year, not even a year later, you're in the same place. And you've been around this mountain more than once. Have you ever been there? You say, and you look at each other and you say, we've we've went through this so many times. How come we get to the same place? The reason why you get to the same place is because there's character flaws. There needs to be a change inside of me. Right, so I need to be open when it comes to change. One of the biggest things I want to let you know is that I need to realize that I'm human, that I, I'm dealing with with my humanity, that I need to change. Can you tell your neighbor that, uh, with with a sincere sincere face, I need to change. I need to change. I need to change, because godliness is based on transformation. Godliness starts when there's a willingness to change. Godliness happens when I admit my humanity. And I need to see that in any relationship. If I don't want to change, if I want to win, it's not going to work. You can't build a relationship with a desire to win. Your desire is to see God change you and mold you in the inside because you want to be godly. So when you have this in mind and you have that before your eyes, it changes you. It's to take ownership. It's to take ownership of your life. It's easy to blame society, and society is in your face. But listen, if, if Paul was able able to prosper in Ephesus when you had all these gods and all these false gods and the church prospered, we can prosper in our land. We can. But there's a need for us to embrace godliness. It's huge. And Romans chapter 12, verse 1, refers to this. He says, Paul says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your body, in other words, to offer your whole life as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship. Look what he says after. Do not confirm any longer the pattern of this world. Do not confirm any longer. It's a decision you have to make. I'm not going to follow the ways of the world. I'm not going to be brainwashed by the things of the world. I'm not going to let the world dictate how I'm going to live. And so do not be confirmed. Do not confirm any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You got to be transformed in your mind. This is where the Word of God comes. This is where prayer comes. This is where godly fellowship comes, where you say, God, change my perspective. Changed my viewpoint because you're being bombarded all the time from Amazon to to Netflix to whatever you watch. It's c- cultures bombarding you and trying to make you believe different things. So you got to say, "I'm not going to be. Con- I'm not going to conform to the things of this world. I will get, I'm, I'm going to let God transform me on in the inside. And as you let God transform you on in the inside, you're setting yourself towards God, and you will experience godliness, and you will experience the blessing of godliness." Amen. Look at it. Says in First Thessalonians chapter five, verse twenty-two. It says, "Test everything. Hold on to the good and avoid every kind of evil." Imagine if we would live this way. Test everything. You're watching something. You test it. Is it good for me? You think about your thought process. Is it healthy? You think about how you do business. Is it it the right way? When you do life, is it the right way? What comes out of your mouth? Is it the right way when you test everything? Imagine if I would test and you would test everything. I think we would save ourselves of heartaches and save ourselves of so so much pain. So Paul says, test everything. See how you're living. Evaluate how you're living. Hold on to the good. Hold on to the good. And holding on to the good, it's not always easy. Let's say, for example, you've, according to yourself, you've passed the age of marriage and you're getting a little older and, and the candidates are a little, a little elite and there's less candidates. And you say, oh, you, boy, you know, I, I really want to have someone in my life. And so what you do is you compromise your values because you want someone in your life. Big mistake. Hold on to the good. Listen. Hold on to the good, and God's going to bless you. Don't run ahead of God. Don't put God on the side. If you choose godliness and you pursue godliness, God's going to reward you. But sometimes we can't wait. We just go ahead. We just move forward. We plow. We want things now. We're influenced by the culture of this world. And when we do this, it it breaks. It hurts. It hurts. And we go through crisis, and many times it's self-inflicted because we did not hold, to, we didn't didn't take a hold of the good. And it says, avoid all kind of evil. Do you know your weaknesses in life? You should know your weak points. And if you have weaknesses, avoid going there. For example, if greed is a big thing for you, well, be more generous. Confront greed with generosity, even if it hurts. It's going to change the way the, the way you do life. For example, if you have a problem with what you see when, when it comes to watching TV, well, put a filter on. Do something about it. Do something about it. Just don't coast. Realize that whatever comes in, ev- every seed that you let penetrate your heart will create a crop. You see? And it doesn't happen overnight. You don't see a crop overnight. But if I let my, my heart be a dump, you'll see, I don't know if you've ever been to a dump. I was raised in northern Ontario, and we would bring friends to the dump because this is where we saw, one night I remember seeing 15 bears. So there was a lot of bear, but there was a lot of crows that didn't smell good. So I don't want to see, want to see my heart be a dump and if I, if, if I become a dump inside, it's going to draw all kind of wickedness. It's not going to be good. So I, I need to test everything, hold on to the good, and avoid all kind of evil. Godliness is something we choose to be. It's a target we aim at. Am I building to last? That's a good question, right? Are you building to last? Whatever you're doing now, in 10 years from now, because we're in a new decade, it's not just a new year. Whatever I sow now, I will reap in the next decade. So what are you sowing now? If whatever you're, the way you live right now, what will be the outcome of that in 10 years from now? I've got to think about that. I've got to think about that. I remember meeting a, a young couple that were getting married many moons ago when I did premarital counseling. And one of the things that I used to do when I had... Classes, premarital class, I would say, uh, I want you to keep yourself pure until you get married. And I remember this young man said to me, well, pastor, we love each other and we're getting married soon. So what's the point? I was saying, because of godliness. Because of God. This is where, this is why you keep yourself pure. And my, my words were, well, if, if, if you're going to get married soon, so then you can wait. Because it's soon. Right? But, but the thought is, if I can put, if I can't, listen to this, if I can't put my flesh on check when I'm, before I get married, what do you think? Do you think that you'll be able to put your flesh on check after you're married? It's the same battle. So if I let my passion drive me, if I let my hunger drive me, it's going to affect and bring bondage in your life. And I could go a long way on this path of, of when you burn bridges, when you go ahead of yourself, you don't follow his ways, you miss out on so much. I, I've been around the block, you know. I've been a pastor for 30 years. I've seen a lot of different things. And it, when I look at what I'm preaching to you, as I was thinking about this morning, I said it's probably one of the most important messages I will ever preach, is when we choose godliness and we don't follow our passions and we say no because we know that if we take that route there's going to be consequences to my actions. You see? So my prayer for you I know that all of you, you want to have good relationships and you want to have a healthy relationship. You want to have a healthy family but I have to declare it to you it won't happen if you don't pursue godliness. But if you pursue godliness you will see God bless you. You know, I'm going to finish with this thought. We know this saying is, the saying, the best is to come, right? And I, I think there's some truth in that. The best is to come. We are a people of hope, right? We know it doesn't stop here. Praise the Lord. But as I was thinking about that a few weeks ago, maybe a month and a half ago, the best is to come, I really had this thought in my heart that came to me that was really enlightening, enlightening to me. The best is also now. The best is also now. When I, I look at my wife, I look at my kids, I look at you, the best is now. The best is now. I, I just don't want to live in the future. I want to realize that this is the best. And, 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 and the way that I can see the best multiplies when I choose godliness. And one of the reasons why sometimes we don't see the best in people around us is because we have hurts. And we've got hurt and we put a wall up to protect ourselves. And, and so we don't get hurt again. But my prayer for you this morning is that you would see that the people around you and be caught by their beauty and awesome they are. And that because of that, you'll be motivated. You'll be motivated to walk in godliness. I like what it says in Galatians 5.13. It says, for you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh to do what you want but through love serve one another. We see the value of people. You know, the only thing that we bring into the next life is people. Just take a moment. Look at, look at your neighbor. Look, look at people around you. This is the greatest treasure. The greatest treasure that you will ever have in life is other people. And the enemy wants to bring a wedge in this. And what breaks that wedge is when you choose godliness. My prayer is that we would be a church, I would be a man, you would be a man, you would be a woman that pursues godliness. And you will have a harvest of godliness. It will outlive you. Amazing. Amen? Thanks for joining us on the GMC podcast. For more information about what's going on this week, check out gmchurch.ca. Thank you so much for listening and have a wonderful week.